Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado Sports Network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page, where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com, and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser, and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go. Joined by a special guest, Mason Plumlee. I thought he was going to knock that ref out in LA. <laughs> Coaches will get testy with officials, but to run out onto the court and yeah. cut him off, yeah. I've never seen that before. You should have taken a charge on him. That <laughs> A special guest, Darrell Arthur. When did you first realize Nicole Jokic was good? We was in Philadelphia for Jameer's kind of like team bonding thing, and I knew it right away that he was going to be good. He was making great passes and good reads and stuff like that, and I said, this kid's going to be good. He's turned out to be a star. He has a great upside to him, and I know he'll be a Hall of Famer once he's done playing. And now, here's your hosts, Harrison Wind and Christian Clark. Welcome to the BSN Nuggets podcast, Wednesday edition of the show. We are presented by Total Beverage. Real quick, a note about Total Beverage. If you didn't know by now, they're now delivering beer, wine, liquor, spirits to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off a $50 purchase or more on their website and app. That's the thing, though, guys. Make sure you use their website and app to get that offer. You also got to use promo code BSN10, BSN10. One zero, and you save $10 off a $50 or more order for all your holiday parties and have it delivered right to your door. So make sure to check those guys out at Total Beverage. Like I said, Wednesday edition of the program. Harrison Wind here. Christian Clark is to my left. First time in a while, we're coming off a home game and talking about a loss, but that was a beatdown Tuesday night at Pepsi Center. The Nuggets fall to the Warriors. 142-111, and it was too bad. This game was so hyped up. I tweeted out early Tuesday afternoon when I was heading to the game. This was the most buzz I had felt for a Nuggets regular season home game in quite a while, just through the city, on the radio, online, on Twitter and whatnot. It felt like the fans were really excited for this one, and unfortunately, Golden State really came out and just were flat-out dominant from the opening tip. Maybe the most hyped home regular season game that I've been around for game 82 last year was obviously a much bigger game. And in the grand scheme of things, I'm not sure how big this single game was Tuesday night. But yeah, the Nuggets got flattened by the Warriors. What do you think of it? Well, first of all, the media scrum there was just unreal. There was uh, Scott Cassiola of the New York Times. Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer was there. It was like, oh man, the, the Nuggets... Uh, are kind of arriving a little bit, just just seeing all the people from national outlets coming into Denver. Um, yeah, man, I liked I liked your story from today. Uh, Paul Millsap called it a setup. Uh, the Warriors at shoot around were gassing up. The Nuggets had nothing but nice things to say. 
and then they just come out swinging and land landed about six uppercuts in that first quarter. The Golden the Warriors got out to an 11-2 start. Just a terrible start from the opening whistle for Denver. I believe it was 20 to 9 then at one point. And the thing with a team as good as the Warriors, once you let them get into that rhythm, once you make a couple mistakes and let them hit a couple threes early on, then you could just be screwed because the Warriors hit a lot of contested shots, but the Nuggets made their their fair share of mistakes in the early going, and you, you just can't have those mental lapses against the Warriors because once they get that little bit of a lead, then they're just going to pound you. Yeah, you just can't get off to that bad of a start against the Warriors. And after the first quarter, look, I know it was only a 13-point game somehow. Jamal Murray had that ridiculous half quarter. Right at the first quarter buzzer. Right, right at the end of the first quarter, but... For all intents and purposes, I thought this game was over after the first quarter. Denver looked shell-shocked, I thought. Some of the guys on this team looked stunned at what they had just seen. Golden State come out and go 19-25 from the field, 10-14 from three for 51 points. Um, I didn't think they were going to be able to recover. And yeah, Paul Millsap was onto it. It was funny. There was a lot to be made about the comments Golden State made Tuesday morning at shoot-around. Kevin Durant called Denver an elite team. Steph Curry said, yeah, this is a big game. This is one of those you got to get up for against another really good team. And look, those comments are factual. Those are legitimate. The Nuggets are an elite team in the league. And this was a game that the Warriors felt like they had to get up for. But it was almost like championship or champion versus contender 101, right? Golden State gasses up Denver in the morning. Maybe the Nuggets let their guard down a little bit, say, yeah, we're pretty damn good. We're first in the West. Not saying Denver did this, but no, some guys could have. They let their guard down a little bit, and sure enough, Golden State blitzes them from the first possession, runs them out of the building. So it was a nice little game plan and a day-long game plan put in from 12 o'clock at noon until 7 o'clock at night by Golden State, I thought. Yeah, I mean, that first quarter was about as good as you can play basketball on the offensive end. I, I can't imagine what you can do better. It was an NBA record, 51 points. That was the best offensive basketball I've ever seen. Yeah. That I, first I quarter you. was the best basketball I have ever seen in all my years watching the NBA from a team. Perfect, was, perfect offensive execution. The Warriors were flying up and down the floor. I've never seen basketball played better than Golden State played over those 12 minutes. Yeah, I mean, the passing, the shooting, the moving without the ball. Watching the passing was especially incredible because when the Nuggets get going and they're really in rhythm, the way they pass the ball is impressive with Nikola Jokic there in the center kind of acting as the fulcrum. I mean, I think what the Warriors were doing, especially in the first quarter, was every bit as impressive what the Nuggets do at their peak, if not more. Just watching the ball move around the Nuggets had no chance it was like the Nuggets were like dogs chasing their tails that's what they looked like at, at certain points in the first quarter to me I mean the Warriors hit 10 threes in the first quarter it's just ridiculous they shot 19 of 25 from the field I mean it, it was just scary it was scary I was scared watching it <laughs> I didn't even know what was happening the first quarter was unbelievable I don't think we'll ever see something like that again to be honest but I think my biggest takeaway and I was telling some people before the game, this was a big game for sure. The top one and top two teams in the Western Conference going at it. They had played earlier this year, but at this point in the season, we're halfway through, and these have been the two best teams in the West for most of the season. This was a big game. 
not on national TV, but there was a substantial amount of buzz around this game. But still, in the grand scheme of things, I don't think it means too much. If Nuggets had won, yeah, uh, they'd be feeling themselves right now. I feel like the spotlight would have exploded a little bit. The bandwagon would have gotten a little more full. The hype would have reached another level had Denver won last night. But no, in the big picture, I think this just means one thing and one thing only. Christian, nobody's beating the Warriors this year. Nobody's beating the Warriors. They're going to win a third straight championship. They're third in four years. It's over. It's over for all intents and purposes. Yeah, I mean, unless Draymond Green just cusses out Kevin Durant and insults his manhood between now and May, then I think you're probably right. The Warriors seem like they're they're sort of past that that turbulence that they're going through in the early part of the season. Um, Draymond Green, by the way, just can't shoot the ball and doesn't score anymore. It's kind of weird, but it doesn't really matter. Assists. It doesn't really matter when you got Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry, I guess. But yeah, man, I mean, watching them go into that gear and just hit the NOS button and explode past Denver was really, really impressive. Uh, nobody else has that gear in the NBA. Yeah, for sure. This was so impressive. Curry, Durant, Thompson carrying the load. I mean, did you think this game was over after the first quarter like I did, or did you think there was a shot Denver well, could get back into this thing? The Nuggets got it down to 12 in the second quarter, and I was I kind of – had that feeling of hope, and then the Warriors pushed it right back to like 18 or 20, and, and that's what I knew right at halftime when the Nuggets couldn't get it to like 9 or 7, something like that. I was like, okay, this one's probably over. This was also the Warriors just reminding not only the Nuggets, who are the upstart team in the Western Conference that Golden State still wants to keep in their place. This was Golden State reminding Denver and the rest of the league, hey, we still have that top gear that nobody else can reach. We can still play at that level and reach that level, not just in one quarter, not just in the third quarter where Golden State's been dominant for most of their uh, four or five year run, but we can play at that level throughout an entire game. And what's scary, and Matt Moore was sitting next to me at the game last night and told me this, and I totally agree, Golden State dominated Denver this way through, I'll say, most of three quarters because both teams really went to their benches late in the fourth, or not late in the fourth, but for the entire fourth quarter. But Golden State did this with Curry, Green, Durant, Thompson playing regular rotation minutes. Like, this was a regular NBA game. Like, this was a regular season game. In the playoffs, their rotation's going to be cut to seven or eight guys. Curry and Durant and Draymond and Clay are going to be playing most of the game. They're going to cut their bench. So, as much as Denver saw of... Golden State stars in this game. If these two teams were to match up in the playoffs, they're going to see them even more. Yeah, I mean, just look at these point totals in, in a number of minutes. Clay Thompson, 31 points in 25 minutes. Steph Curry, 31 points in 30 minutes. Kevin Durant, 27 points in, in 30 minutes. Those guys, I mean, weren't even playing in, into the mid-30s, and you know they, they still were able to put up big numbers. I mean, just, just stop for a second and try to put the – into perspective, having those three guys in your team. Steph Curry, the greatest shooter of a generation and the greatest shooter of all time, probably. Kevin Durant, definitely the best scorer of a generation up there for best scorer of all time. Klay Thompson, the second best shooter of a generation, one of the best shooters of all time, if not the second. All three of those guys are on one team. Yeah, I mean, it's going on three years. <laughs> I, I, I guess I haven't, I don't know, I, I can't remember a game in, in recent memory where 
all three of those guys were hitting like that too. Like all any of those guys could have gone for forty if right. they played regular minutes. Right. This was one of those games. Curry and Durant have been on fire as of late. Clay has had a down year for him, but still would be a great year for most shooting yards in this league. But yeah, this was one of those nights where all three were absolutely scorching the nets, both hitting all those guys hitting unreal percentages from the field, unreal percentages from three. I mean, Golden State was flying up and down the court, absolutely flying. Ball was popping. Steph Curry was gassed up with air, just running around half court. It's a terror for any defense to defend him in the half court with how he moves off the ball. I mean, this was Golden State at their peak, and it was cool to see. Yeah, it it, it was terrifying to see, man. Um, <laughs> I mean, if the Nuggets wanted to be in this game, like whatever Golden State was doing in the half court, like there's there's probably nothing you could do to stop that, but. You probably could have kept them off the boards. It got a lot off its rebounds, and you could have done a much better job in transition. Denver got crushed in transition in this game. Right, and that's where Golden State is at its finest, when they're executing on all cylinders in transition. But, yeah, from a high level, I felt like while this game hurt in the heat of the moment for the Nuggets, my biggest takeaway from it is that this can be a learning lesson from Denver. And they can take this blowout loss. They can take Golden State looking like they did on the offensive end, hitting 21 threes on them and shooting 60% from the field and 54% from deep and say, okay, we've got to fix some things. We've still had a great season. We're still in a great spot. We're not even at close to full health yet, but we kind of can go back to the drawing board here and fix some things. And maybe this was a moment where Denver can look at itself in the mirror and say, all right, like we've had a great year, but we still got things to improve on. Yeah, I, I think this was a necessary reality check. Uh, Michael Malone, Nicole Jokic have, have both used the word championship this year. Those those guys don't shy away that they have really big aspirations, and I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. This was a, a reminder that there's still a long way to go. The Nuggets have made tremendous strides this year, but to get to that level, um, yeah, there's there's a long way to go. Well, that's a level that's probably unattainable, right? I don't think yeah. the Nuggets are ever going to get to the level that the Warriors are playing at or this team has played at, at its peak. That's asking a bit much. I mean, this is the best team of all time, right? This is the best collection of talent that we'll probably ever see on an NBA team. And the 142 they put up Tuesday night, the level they played at, that's playing at their peak. So I don't even know if it's fair to ask Denver to ever get to that level. But yeah, uh, there's a lot of room for improvement. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope they went home and said their prayers that Kevin Durant goes to New York this summer. <laughs> I went home and said my prayers that he goes <laughs> to New York. All right, let's hit a break real quick. Some more I want to get to on this game, some notes on the Nuggets defense, which hasn't been playing too well over the past really two months, although Denver has still been winning games. We'll touch on that and also some more takeaways. We'll be right back. Dr. Rick and his team at Belmar Chiropractic focus on getting to the root cause of your problem instead of chasing symptoms. The results have been like above and beyond anything I could have ever expected. My pain is completely gone, full of energy, even throughout my entire pregnancy. He was able to adjust me and it sounds crazy to say, but like no back pain throughout my whole pregnancy. That was just really amazing. It's better than anything I could have expected for sure. That was Caitlin. Like her, many people who had looked everywhere and tried everything 
finally found relief and healing at Belmar Chiropractic. It makes you feel really comfortable because he always tells you what he's doing before he actually does it. So I always felt really, really comfortable and they're all so warm and welcoming as well, which is always great. Dr. Rick can help decrease anxiety and depression, reduce stress, improve mental focus and clarity, provide better quality of sleep, boost your immune system, and so much more. He's definitely the most knowledgeable chiropractor I've ever been to, and I've actually have recommended him to many, many of my friends and coworkers. Give Belmar Chiropractic a call today at 303-233-1236. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Total Beverage. Harrison Wind and Christian Clark here on a Wednesday. You had a Broncos take you wanted to get off your chest here? Well, before we get into the, the talk about the defensive slide in the last, I don't know, month and a half or so, I wanted to debut a new segment. It's called One Broncos Take. It's, Love uh, it. It's One Broncos Take from me, your Denver Nuggets beat writer at BSN Denver. Um, the Broncos hired Rick Scangarello as their new offensive coordinator, according to all the Broncos media. Do you know what Scangarello sounds like? Uh, an Italian mobster. It sounds like a disease that <laughs> that sailors contracted in the 1600s, and it, it turned their skin blue. <laughs> so what are you getting at? That was my one Broncos take. That's what Skin Gorilla sounds like to me. Oh, okay. Riveting stuff. Yeah. Do and better then, next time. <laughs> well, my, my second Broncos take is that Mike Kliss looks like you're my fifth grade PE teacher. And there we a go. Woman. That's the take I was looking for. Oh. Well, what took you so long, man? I don't know. It, it felt pretty good one. I've I've got like a, a whole list of Mike Kliss looks like, but we don't need to get into that here. What do you think of Mike Kliss's tweet last night? If you ha- if you're listening to this podcast and don't know, Mike Kliss of Nine News let off a fiery tweet last night in the midst of the Warriors romp, pretty much saying, "Oh, we pay attention to the Nuggets for one game, and this is what happens." Back to the Broncos' offensive coordinator search, which per Christian Clark has wrapped up. It seems. There's never an offseason, even when you stunk for three years in a row and it's mid-January. Um, I don't know, man. It, it was just lame. Like like what you want to like. And, and if other people like something that you don't, wh- why do you feel the need to chime in? Well, it's his job. It's his job to turn people off from the Nuggets and turn people onto the Broncos. Yeah, It's written in his job description, actually. Mike Kliss got last place at the player haters ball. Well, you teased it at the top. The Nuggets defense. It's not good. This is not going well. Denver was a top three defense in the league for the first month of the year. Paul Millsap was backing up his bold claim at training camp that this defense could be top five for an entire season. We're all buying the hype. Uh, I was for sure. This was a new look Nuggets defense and they faded and they faded hard over the last two months. Any inkling from your perspective on what's going on with the defense, because we're not just talking about this because the Nuggets gave up 142 points to the Warriors, right? The Warriors are a special team. They do this to a lot of teams out there, even the league's elite, elite defenses. So this isn't a conversation that sparked off of this loss, but the Nuggets defense has been trending and trending downward for a while. Why has it been that way? Nuggets are allowing 112.8 points per 100 possessions in their last 20 games. That's the fourth worst mark in the NBA over that stretch. I think there are a couple of things you can point to. The first thing I'd start with is the injuries and and the Nuggets just not being whole. Paul Millsap has missed a considerable time in the last 20 games. He's back. Um, Gary Harris has also missed considerable time. I think those two guys are, are Denver's 
best and second best defender. So anytime you're, I mean, you're missing your best two defenders, obviously that's going to impact you. Um, I think number two, uh, teams are just making a lot more wide open threes um, than we've seen recently. You know, if, if you just look at the numbers on wide open threes since that game against Orlando Magic 20 games ago, they're, they're converting at a much higher rate. And I think that's mostly just due to randomness. That's just the ebbs and the flows. And, and number three, I think there is a little bit of this. Um, the Nuggets have kind of lost their edge a little bit, and part of that's due to the injuries, but I don't see the same focus, the the same determination to get stops that we saw at the beginning part of the year. Yeah, I'd agree with all those. The opponent three-point shooting, that's something we knew was going to fall off. A lot of that is randomness, and if you remember at the beginning of the year, the Nuggets were this three-point defense that was the best in the league by a hefty margin, and that was going to come back to earth because open three-point shots, like you said, they've proven to be kind of random over uh, the last few regular seasons with every team in the league. And so I agree on that front. The injuries, they probably have something to do with it too. Paul Millsap is a game changer on the defensive end of the floor, although when the defense hasn't been as good over the past couple weeks, he his value can't be seen as clearly. I still get the feeling that he's playing hurt uh, right now. I don't think that toe is 100%, but he's playing through it. And, yeah, they just don't have that edge. They don't have that same toughness on the defensive end of the floor that they had earlier this season. Here's what Michael Malone had to say today at practice about why the defense has fallen off. He said, quote, I think what's happening is we're allowing our offense to dictate our defense, he said. Early in the year, our offense was struggling. Our defense was great. Now our offense is clicking. Guys are making shots, and we're not defending at the same level we were. Any truth to that, you think? Oh, man. There's probably a little bit of truth to that. I mean, the Nuggets just had to get stops to, to win in the early part of the year because they weren't really clicking. Um I mean, especially when you, when you win a lot of close ones like they have and you don't defend that well, but you're still coming away with the result you want, maybe you kind of get conditioned to, well, we're still getting it done and, and this is just good enough. Um, I mean, they've kind of just hopped on Jokic's back, really, the, these last 20 games. Right. So, yeah, I think there's a little something to that. I mean, but if this game against the Warriors didn't make you look in the mirror, then I don't know what will. Right, well... I mean, Malone's right. The Nuggets were winning games with their defense earlier this year. Now they're winning games with their offense. It's been that way for really the last two months. And yeah, Denver's won a lot of games with their offense like they did last year. But the key reason why I think a lot of us thought that the team had taken such a significant step earlier in the season was because this defense was much improved. We expected the offense to be really good, but as we saw last year, that's only sustainable for so long, and who knows if that's sustainable in the playoffs. The reason we thought Denver had really jumped up a tier and taken a big leap this year, were there are a lot of reasons there. Nikola Jokic had taken a leap. Jamal Murray looks like a much better player. This bench is much improved. But I still think the core reason why Denver took such a big jump up at the beginning of the season was because of its defense. And since they've lost that, they don't have that same spark to them. They just don't have that same flair, that, that same toughness. Uh, the same mentality that they had earlier this season. So they've got to get that back. Michael Malone said they watched all 21 of the threes they gave up against the Warriors Wednesday morning in their film session. 
Yeah, a uh, couple of those were Malik Beasley and Clay Thompson in the first quarter. Malik had a rough go of it trying to defend Clay. Usually it's Gary in at that spot, and I felt like that was a, a pretty good lesson for Malik. And he still had a nice game on the offensive yeah. end, but you know he was he was the first sub when Michael Malone threw Will Barton in there just because Clay was cooking him, man. Um, <laughs> I mean that was that was a lesson for Malik probably. Yeah, for sure. I mean. <laughs> Tough to defend. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're tough to defend. A lot of people were knocking Denver's defense. And, yeah, it wasn't as good as Denver's played defense earlier this season. It wasn't as good as Denver could have defended the Warriors. But, like, still the Warriors. They're still an impossibly difficult team to defend when they have Thompson, Durant, and Steph Curry out there on the floor at the same time. Uh, it's really nobody has ever been able to stop them for a significant amount of time. Uh, so it was no surprise Denver couldn't. Yeah, I mean, they're first in offensive rating, and they're first by almost two points per 100 possessions. So right, that's another thing. They them came in, and everyone else. They came into this game hot, red hot, kind of like Portland did, and Portland stayed hot on the offensive end of the floor. Denver just caught like, the one or two stops it needed in that game, but Golden State came into this game hot and stayed hot. Nuggets are 10th in defensive rating. They were in the top five for much of the early part of the season, where do you see them finishing up, if you had to predict? Um, 10 to 15. Yeah, that sounds about right. And- uh, which is fine. That's more than okay. That should still get Denver comfortably into the playoffs. Nuggets still just need to go 500, right, from here on out over the second half of the season, over these last, what, 40 games or so, to get to 50 wins, which you would think would comfortably get them in the playoffs. So... If they're in that 10 to 15 range, I think that's fine. Um, but, you know, you got to be better than they've been over these last two months where they've been one of the worst defenses in the league. If they keep on this trend, you know, we're going to look up in a month and a half and they're going to be outside the top 15, and that would not be good. Yeah, between 10 and 15 is a realistic goal and one that Denver should actually feel a lot of pride if they accomplish right. because that's that's a lot of progress from where they've been at the, the three or four previous seasons. Right. It's probably going to be tough in the moment to swallow when you saw what you did in training camp, the work you put in day-to-day in the preseason, and you came out of the gates and you were one of the best defense in the league, top three in the first month, top five in the first month and a half, and then to end up at, say, 15th, that probably will seem like a disappointment at the time, but... In the grand scheme of things, it's a big improvement from last year and still a really significant improvement. And I go back to this every time, but Denver returned 78% of their minutes from last year. And to have a jump up from, look, to have a jump up from the 22nd defense like they were last year to top 10 would be probably unprecedented and just unbelievable. But to get up to 15 from 22, that's a really good rise in itself. So Denver should still have a lot to be proud of with what they've done on the uh, defensive end of the floor, but you know, there's a lot of room for improvement still. Fortunately for the Nuggets, their next two opponents, Chicago and Cleveland, two of the worst offenses in the league. What do you expect their defense to look like against those two teams? Well, I think they're going to have a pretty easy time defending Jim Boylan's like flex-cut offense. I don't actually know if they run the flex cut. That's just what every high school coach runs. Four corners offense, maybe? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't even know if like the Nuggets defense is going to look that impressive, but uh, I think they're going to put up some points. Well, I mean, if they give up like a 
120 to Chicago. I don't think that's a good omen. No, no. I mean, Antonio Blakeney or someone like that is just going to have to go out of his mind. Jabari Parker killing Denver. Yeah, he's back in the rotation now, right? Mm-hmm. How did he get out of Jim Boylan's doghouse? Did he do carpets? Um, it was probably like that scene from Coach Carter where he <laughs> had to run 300 suicides and do 600 push-ups. Parker collapses onto the floor after his 300th carpet push. Coach, is this good enough? Go home, Mr. Parker. Go home, Mr. Parker. All right, before we move on here, got to get a quick note about Total Beverage. Total Beverage delivering wine, beer, liquor, and spirits to anywhere in the North Metro area, all the way from Wheat Ridge to Erie. For a limited time, you can get $10 off a $50 order using their website and app. Also using the promo code BSN10, BSN10. Again, promo code BSN10 with Total Beverage on their website and app to get $10 off a $50 order or more for all your holiday parties and have it delivered right to your door. All right, welcome back to the pod. Harrison Wind and Christian Clark here on the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Total Beverage on a Wednesday afternoon. So the two bright spots from the Nuggets this game... I would say Nicole Jokic, 17, 4, and 8. He only played 23 minutes because of foul trouble. But offensively, he had a decent game, I thought. And then Murray was probably the Nuggets' biggest bright spot. 31 minutes for Jamal, 21, 3, and 4. 4 of 7 from 3. I felt good for Jamal because he hadn't had a ton of great games against the Warriors over the last few years. What did you see from him in this one? Yeah, I thought Jamal was the only nugget, I would say, who had a good game. Um, Murray really seems to get up for these big games, uh, these matchups when there's a lot of attention on the Nuggets. This kind of goes back to what me and you talked about last week. It may sound dumb, but Jamal Murray is just a guy I want on my team. I I can't wait to see what this guy is able to do come playoff time. I I think there's a chance that Jamal Murray is a little similar to, to Kyrie Irving in that he might even be a, a better playoff performer than he is a regular season performer. That's something we've seen consistently throughout Kyrie's career. I don't know, man. Jamal Murray just has it. I, I, it's hard to, I guess, articulate what it is, but Jamal Murray, I mean, he, he just he just kind of gets that look in his eye when the Nuggets are, are playing in these big games. Yeah, well, do you know who his favorite player in the league is? Oh, yeah. You, you wrote about it last year. Steph Curry, so I was... Happy for Jamal to have one of these games against Curry. Like I mentioned, he had a bunch of clunkers against the Warriors leading up to this one. So it was cool for him, I'm sure, to have this type of game against his favorite player. But then again, probably wasn't able to enjoy it much since the Nuggets lost by 31. Sometimes I get concerned that Jamal gets a little too hyped up for these games. <laughs> like think back to that Laker game earlier this year. It seemed like he was walking around just after pumping like two large cups of coffee, injecting it right into his veins, <laughs> jumping around Staples Center earlier this year. But um, I think more often than not, he's going to give Denver a good showing in these hyped games. Well, he dapped up the entire first row oh after he hit God. that three to end the first quarter. It right. was like 12 daps. I was <laughs> like, are you going to go back to the hell? Are you just going to dap? Actually, like, keep dapping. That like was down, cool. Down like 13 or 12. Uh, 51-38. That's a hell of a score after the first quarter. He was hyped, though. Yeah, it was cool. I was watching him and Steph Curry warm up at the same time, and mm. it was it was funny. It was like almost seeing a mere reflection. Um, I've seen the nickname Maple Curry floated on Twitter for Ooh. Jamal Murray. Ooh. That one kind of cracks me up. I like it. I like it. 
I like it a lot. But Jamal has a similar warm routine to Steph, actually, if you think about it. Yeah, they both take those. They both end by taking those half court shots right. too. I'm sure it's no surprise where he picked that up from. I was uh, sitting behind, I guess, yeah, behind Jamal Murray's dad during warmups. He was wearing this jacket that just had all this Bruce Lee shit on the back of it. <laughs> It's like a custom Bruce Lee jacket fit the stereotype and story just perfectly. I can't wait till they do the Jamal Murray documentary like 20 years from now just to hear all those Roger Murray quotes. Roger Murray is an interesting guy. Yeah, for sure. I want to wrap up here by going to the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. We've got one call there. Again, if you guys want to call into the show, we're going to start taking those calls a lot more regularly now. This week and into next week, 1-800-BSN-8394 is the number to call. 1-800-BSN-8394. Let's go there right now. Hey, guys. Love the show. Love love your pod. Um, just wanted to thank you for that. This is Harlow Robinson up in Anchorage. And um, really excited about the season and happy to say one of my two sons has been raised right, and he's a uh, – Hardcore fan, too. We're flying down to catch the Sixers game here in a couple of weeks. So looking forward to that. My question is a little diversionary. I love all the speculation game to game and the roster talk and the X's and O's. But I'm also always intrigued by the players um, as people and what they may or may not be like off the court. And I know you, you all probably don't get to know them really intimately, but um, I'm curious to hear your opinion on who you think is maybe the most interesting or dynamic person um, off the court. And I think about some of the old nuggets over the years, like Brian Williams or Bison uh, Dale as a, you know, his musical skills or Dikembe Mutombo and what he did as a philanthropist or Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf and his social activism, um, you know, those parts of the person. So I'm just curious with the roster that we have now, um, maybe something that we don't know watching the game here on our flat screen in Anchorage, Alaska, about our, our current roster that that I got to say I, I love. I think of all my almost 40 years of being a Nuggets fan, this is probably one of my favorite groups of people to watch and um i'm curious what you guys have to say and go nuggets thanks for the call harlow good to hear from you man so in terms of nuggets that are interesting off the court i mean there's a lot i think that's what something a lot of people don't know about the nbas these guys are a lot more than just players a lot more than just athletes mason Plumley was the first guy we thought of right yeah yeah uh the nuggets they stole this idea from the Philadelphia 76ers. They sort of, each player does a presentation on just a topic that's interesting them personally. Apparently, Mason Plumley presented to the team about investing. Uh, Mason Plumley, a guy who is probably going to be you know, financially well off uh, when he's an old man. Yeah, Plumley had a basketball camp in the Middle East, in Dubai, if I'm not mistaken, this summer. And, uh, Traveled around the Middle East a lot. I think he went to Israel investing in medical device companies. So uh, he's well-traveled. He's has a 
diversified portfolio. Is that how you say it? Um, but uh, yeah, I, don't know. I can barely pay my car insurance. He, <laughs> he's got a lot of off the court endeavors, I'd say. And um, yeah, he, he's a lot more than just an NBA player. The other guy that comes to mind is Monte Morris. Monte is from Flint, Michigan. Um, city you've you've probably heard of um, because of the water crisis that's been going on there in the past couple of years when Monte was in college at Iowa State uh, he actually arranged for a bunch of clean water bottled water to be delivered to Flint and Monte is a guy who who takes a lot of pride in, in the place he comes from and I think that's pretty cool as well yeah a lot of guys on this team they do a lot of stuff for their community super community oriented Yo- Nikola Jokic and Wancho Hernan Gomez earlier this year went to Rocky Mountain Children's Hospital around the holidays, around Christmas. And, you know, just asking around, you hear stories about how much a guy like Jokic enjoys doing that stuff. And, you know, you turn the camera off sometimes, and that's when he really lights up. Um, but uh, apparently, that's just something he looks forward to every year and does. And they were only supposed to be there for, you know, 20 minutes or so. They end up staying an hour because. Jokic and, and Wancho want to be there. They don't have to do that stuff, but you know they're more than happy to. Seeing Jokic interact with the little kids is hilarious. Yeah, like he, he he picks up like three year olds and just like throws them around. And you know, on one hand, if I was a parent, I'd be a little concerned. Like, oh, is this big goofy dude gonna drop my kid? But on the other hand, if I watch the Nuggets, I'd be like, oh, this guy's got the surest hands in the NBA. Nothing's gonna happen to them. Right. I think Malik Beasley went to the Rocky Mountain Hospital just this week. Just a couple days ago to say hi to some kids and brighten their day so a lot of guys do a ton of that stuff off the court which is cool and yeah some guys like Mason Plumley and you know a lot of other guys on this team have some financially motivated interests off the court which which I think is pretty cool before we wrap up here and thanks for the call Harlow I wanted to hit on two quick news notes from Nuggets practice on Wednesday we got an update on Isaiah Thomas and Michael Porter Jr. for the first time in quite a while. No definitive timetable on either one of those guys to return. Michael Malone did say that with how long Isaiah Thomas has missed, and obviously he's been out for the whole year and we're more than halfway through the season now, he said when the Nuggets signed him, he personally didn't expect Isaiah Thomas to be out this long. He thought he would return sooner uh, than this and obviously he, Isaiah Thomas hasn't returned and he's not returning in the near future. I don't, I don't believe here. Uh, so it's still a little bit of a ways away. And then with Porter, I mean, nothing really to report other than that. He's still out indefinitely, but I mean, I've seen glimpse and uh, I've seen glimpses of workouts from him over the course of the season. Saw him get up shots today at practice I mean, the guy is impressive. A six foot ten, six foot eleven, maybe even seven foot. Um, looks like a baby Kevin Durant. How did Michael Malone describe his jumper? Uh, he described his jumper. I've got it right here. He said, "The guy's a pure jump shot." He's I been can, reading the tweets. I can confirm. <laughs> yeah, I can confirm. The guy has one of the best jumpers on the team. Yeah, I mean it. It is just butter. Uh, every time I watch him shoot, I, I feel like he's making like seven, eight threes in a row. It, it, it just looks effortless. Oh, man. What's your what's your Kevin – wow, I almost said Kevin Durant optimism meter. What's your Michael Porter Jr. optimism meter at scale 1 to 10? 
Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe I came into this year at a five. Let's say I'm at a six now. Oh. <laughs> so there's a little movement. There's a been six. some movement. <laughs> there's been some movement for sure. Did, but, Mike, did Malone's pure jumper comment was no, the thing to push it up Mike to Michael Malone's comments, they had zero to do with my optimism meter. But I think the notable thing there is my optimism hasn't decreased. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if this is going to work out or not, but I really do think just having him sit out this entire year is going to be the best thing for him. Yeah, and that's what I think is going to happen. And that's the best scenario for both sides, to be honest. The Nuggets don't need Michael Porter Jr. to make the playoffs. He seems like it'd be a tough task to integrate him late in the season when the Nuggets are trying to lock up a, a playoff seed and trying to get this rookie on the floor for his first NBA minutes. That doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. And you rehab him for the whole year. Uh, you get him stronger. You get his cardio up. You get him in NBA shape. And then if he is healthy, you bring him back at Summer League next year. The best case scenario would be, be just for him to dominate Summer League and then go on and win Rookie of the Year like Ben Simmons. How about that? Did you book the Vegas trip already? <laughs> Where are we staying? Hopefully at a better Airbnb than we stayed at last time. <laughs> What's your uh, optimism meter on the other guy? Blocko Chanchar? <laughs> I mean, I'm at a 10 there. Yeah. But on Isaiah Thomas, who has been out for this whole season so far. Ooh. Um, if, if Porter Jr. has ticked up a couple notches for me and you both, that one is uh, probably ticked down. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Like a, a two or a three. It's, it's not looking great, to be honest with you. I mean, we're past the midpoint of the season and there's still no timetable. I mean, that's that's a little shocking to me. I thought he'd be back in December at the beginning of the year. Well, see, I'm with you. I'm not entirely optimistic, although I feel like there are some areas where a healthy Isaiah Thomas could help out this team for sure. And obviously the Nuggets thought that. That's that's why they signed him. They clearly didn't think Monte Morris was going to be doing what he's done this year and Isaiah Thomas was going to take on some of that load. Uh, but no, I still think there's a spot for a healthy Isaiah Thomas, I would say. Now, what does he look like when he does get back on the floor? I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll see, but I'm with you. I'm not entirely optimistic on Isaiah Thomas. So anything else you got here? I think that about wraps up the show. The Nuggets have the Bulls and the Cavs up next. Nice, easy way to finish out this homestand or else I would think. Pumped to see our guy, Jim Boylan, who just got uh, a raise somehow. Yeah. I got to figure out how to get them one of them raises where I do bad work but get more money. It's a good way to put it. All right. We'll see what Jim Boylan has to say on Thursday. Hey, if you guys have a minute, we'd really appreciate a five-star review over on iTunes. Helps us grow the show. Helps us know you appreciate the work we're putting out on a daily basis. Also, if you haven't, subscribe to BSN Denver. BSNDenver.com backslash subscribe. $4.99 a month if you buy a year subscription, which is what most of our subscribers do. It's a really great discount, around 3 bucks a month. So make sure to get on that for this Nuggets stretch run over the second half of the season. And with that, we'll be back with another episode tomorrow. Talk with you guys then. Hey, BSN Denver listeners. We're really excited to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible. Make sure you check them out today. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, and has helped decrease anxiety. You name it. 
CBD is all natural. It's also not psychoactive. And the coffee is rich and tasty. We could not recommend it anymore to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the promo code BSN2010 at checkout. That's promo code BSN2018 to get your StravaCraft coffee for 20% off and shipped straight to your door.